Welcome to the With Clarity and Purpose podcast with your host, Janet Borrego. Each week, I bring you an inspiring person or message to empower you to live life on your terms so you can be who you want to be, do what you are meant to do, and have the life you deserve to have. We will provide you with practical and cutting-edge approaches to continue getting clarity and direction on your path, mastering your mindset, and gaining confidence to tap into your inner wisdom so you can live on purpose. Welcome to another episode of the With Clarion Purpose podcast. And I am beyond excited today because I have a very inspiring guest for me that I'm going to interview. Welcome, Shay Stone. She's an animator at the Walt Disney Animation Studios, the author of the Be Better Than You book, and also the creator of the movement, because this is a movement. Would you agree, Shay? <laughs> right. No, it is. It is. <laughs> I love that. And a life coach also. So you have a very full portfolio, and we would love to learn more about it. Welcome, Shay. We are super excited to have you. Thank you so much. No, I'm super excited. We already started with the good conversation off here. So <laughs> That's right. I'm excited to continue forward. That's right. And just to give some background of how we met each other. This is actually the first time we see each other on video. Yeah. Yeah. So Shay reached out because she found the podcast like in iTunes or Spotify. And she's all about purpose-driven lives. So we just connected with that concept, that term. And she's here to share her story so she can inspire all of you to really live an empowered life. So Shay, again, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, where were you born? What do you do? Just like a quick <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, as far as where I'm from, I'm originally from Los Angeles, California, but I've traveled around. I've never actually lived in Los Angeles as an adult. I've traveled really? around since I was old. Yeah, i my mom, she moved us to Virginia when I went to high school. And after that, I went to Florida for college. Wow. Then I went to New Zealand. I lived in Vancouver, Canada. I lived in New York, San Diego. Like I've traveled around so much that it's kind of weird to say that I'm from Los Angeles, but that's where I was born. So, and that's my yeah, native, yeah. you know, you're from everywhere. From <laughs> I mean, well, I'm kind of a nomad. I'm literally from everywhere. And I've had such meaningful experiences at all these different places that it's hard to pinpoint just one, but yeah, so I'm an animator. I've been an animator for 12 years now. Right now I work at Disney and we just wrapped up Encanto, which was really cool. And that was my first Disney movie. So very excited. Yeah, very excited. It was a hit and I had a lot of fun working on it. But yeah, I've been doing this for 12 years. And recently, the past three and a half years, I've transitioned into creating this brand, which is Be Better Than You. And writing a book, which is out now, I published it last year, May 15th, which is my mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. And since it's been out, it's gained a lot of traction, a lot of feedback, a lot of emotional feedback, which is something that I could have never dreamed of. It's something I hoped for. But when you actually start to receive it, it's a little surreal, right? It's a little different. So I couldn't be happier with the response that it's gotten and everything that I'm doing with this brand and this movement, like you said to hopefully just empower those who feel powerless and give them what they need to shine and move forward. 
I love that. And we are going to talk about all of that. So this is going to be more like a conversation. I'm just excited sure. to learn about the story behind the book, behind you being an animator. So you traveled around the world, right? As you were growing up with your mom, I hear, right? With your mom and your right. family in general or just your mom? Just my mom. Yeah, just my mom. <laughs> same here. I'm a right. mama's girl. I yep, spent same. all my life with my mom and we yep. traveled too. So that's awesome. That's something yep. we have in common. What did you learn being exposed to the many cultures and many people and many stories you have <laughs> been exposed to? I mean, growing right. up, that's crazy. I love it. Yeah, no, it's interesting because one of the biggest things I learned traveling and living in different countries and living in different areas is it's not just me. Like I'm not the only person in this world. Right. And how things are done and how people operate is further than even my imagination. It's further than my perception. So traveling around and understanding and experiencing different cultures and different people, it's really opened my eyes. Right. And it's made me extremely receptive and it's made me challenge even parts of myself in real time as I'm having conversations with people and learning their stories whether I'm in Thailand or New Zealand or Australia, having these conversations and witnessing just their lifestyles, it really humbles you and it makes you very open and it makes you curious as well. And I think for sure, for me and one of my biggest things, it gives me options because <laughs> I'm absorbing so many different people and how they operate and what they believe in too, right? Their story mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things. I'm a sponge. I take that in. I've been like that since I was a kid. I take it all in and I see what I can do with it. It's like a bunch of puzzle pieces. And I'm just like, ooh, you know, and I just have all these different things. And I try to put them together and see how I like it and how, where it fits for me. So yeah, it's been very valuable for me. I always recommend that people travel if they can. Because yes, please. The, get exposed yeah, to cultures. <laughs> yeah, the lessons that you learn, you don't want to get put in a box. You know, even okay. if you just travel, even if you just drive from your area where you are, just visit different neighborhoods and stuff like that. You learn a lot. And like I said, it's extremely valuable. I love that. So what you mentioned, there were parts of myself that were challenged or maybe things that you used to believe that after traveling and getting exposed to many cultures, you don't believe anymore, right? What right. were those parts? What were those key learnings for you? There's one thing I would probably have to put more thought to give us something else. But the first thing that pops into my head, and this is actually more recent, So being a black American, right, there's certain things that we go through, you know, yeah, being black totally. in America and just certain prejudice and things like that that we experience. And so I don't speak for the entire black culture, but for me in general, it's like you see people look at you a certain way. Mm -hmm. Right. It's in here in America. Okay. Usually it's a little threatening. Right. Maybe yeah, they're yeah. staring at you because they feel like you're going to do something to them yeah, or maybe yeah. you're up to no good. And That's kind of the context when people stare at you for a significant period of time here. They're kind of thinking you're up to something. But something that has kind of changed my outlook on that is when I started traveling these different countries, especially Thailand, where they do stare at you, but they're more so staring at you out of admiration. Wow. Right? Like, just wow. Like, well, yeah, they're just like, wow, like you're beautiful. And they, yeah, they're just loving you. And they don't see people like they don't see people like us so often. So when they do, they just kind of marvel and want to talk to you. And their hospitality is so great that it's a little uncomfortable, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, like you I know? need like personal space. Okay? I, yeah, it's like I need my space. Like, I'm okay. I can do this by myself. Like, they want to do things for you yeah. and stuff. But, you know, like I said, they're just filled with love and they just want to be there. And so I think that's one thing. And I'm sure there's many, but that's one thing that came off the top of my head is 
they're staring at me, but it's not taken in the same light that it is here in America. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. different. So that's something that was at first challenging for me when I first experienced it. Cause I'm like, do they not like me? Or, you know, that's your first thought process. Yeah. Right? Because you're used to the opposite. You're I'm used, used to the opposite. The opposite yeah. Right. So experiencing and being open to that too, and not necessarily, Oh my God, they're staring at me run, <laughs> you know, like it was more so experiencing why they are and opening yourself to their energy right? I and love that. Cohesive with that. So that's something I learned that it's the same action, but very different background, Meaning. very different yeah. thought process and energy. And so, yeah, you get that the more you travel, you open that box, right? And you say curious, right? Like asking questions instead of assuming, because it's hard to know what people are thinking, even with uh-huh. the same action, like you mentioned, different context though. Different context, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's beautiful. And the more you travel, the more you experience that kind of stuff. And like I said, if it's something deeper, then it starts to hit you. And I would challenge myself all the time when I'll interrogate myself on certain things that I feel and come to an agreement about it with myself. It's like, okay, maybe this is how we feel now about that. And it's great because it gives you options and you're never in a stuck place and you continue to grow and expand as a human being. I love that. And I think that's something we can apply even in the day to day, because we may be in different situations where people are like, we are in the same meeting, they're acting the same, but they mean different things. So I think like even asking questions instead of like making assumptions, I think it's an important thing for us to continue growing and be better than us, (laughs) like your book. Right, right. I love it. Yes. Cool. So what about animation? So you're the first person I ever meet that is an animator. And I'm just curious, curious about it. How do you know? And I've seen your Instagram and I know you're super passionate. I think I was reading a post of your mom saying like, I've never seen a woman this old that is so excited, <laughs> something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so cute. <laughs> Tell us, because part of this podcast is helping people gain clarity and direction on what they're passionate about and align what they do on their day-to-day to that, to experience more of that. Yeah. How do you know that animation was something that you were passionate? How do you gain that clarity? Right. So for me, the interesting part is I knew I wanted to be an animator since I was seven years old. Wow. I love it. it. Yeah. So I had clarity at a young age. It was more so in the passion, right? Like I love Disney movies. I love watching Disney movies, drawing the characters. And I was fascinated with it. I was obsessed and I would draw my characters and I would go show my mom and she would say, oh, you traced this. I'm like, no, I didn't watch, you know, (laughs) something else and like kind of compete with myself and try to get better and better and show her like, look, look, look. And I loved it. I loved acting out the songs and acting out the characters and kind of emulating the characters. Like I was fast obsessed. Okay. And the great part is that my mom, she knew that I was obsessed with animation, but she didn't like hold me to it. Like Mm -hmm. she didn't say like, oh, you said you liked animation. So I'm going to make sure you do it for the rest of your life. I was only seven years old. Right. So she allowed me to evolve and get involved in a lot of different other activities, which I did passionately. I love basketball. I love playing in the band. I love playing instruments and things like that. And she was very open with all of that. And the moment I knew for sure, like when I was a kid and animation, I was just like, this is it. Like, I want to be a part of this. 
It was when Toy Story came out. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, I love really Disney. Good. I love like all the classics, the 2D stuff. It was great. Aladdin is my favorite movie of all time. Oh my God, me too. That's oh, is it? Too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I love Aladdin. I tell people all the time, I'm like, no, Aladdin's my favorite movie, not favorite me cartoon. Too. It's my favorite movie. <laughs> right? Me too. Yeah. yeah. So even with that, when Toy Story came out, I was just like, <gasps> like everything just went nuts for me. And I just loved everything that I saw, everything that I was experiencing. Thing, I was just like, I didn't know what animation was, right? I, as a seven-year-old, you don't know animation, but I knew what I was experiencing was something beyond happiness. And I just knew I wanted to be a part of that. So like I said, the great thing was that my mom noticed all of this, but she still allowed me to do other things. But once I got to high school, uh, I was about 13 years old. My mom wow. kind of gave me, which is probably earlier than most parents, <laughs> but my mom gave me the conversation, like, what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> at oh, 13. my God. That's awesome. I love your mom already. <laughs> right. Yeah. 13. She's giving me that talk. So, yeah. And it's so funny because and I say this in the book, too, but I just love the story that her talk came the same time as I had this big project at school. Right. And the big project was about figuring out what you want to do with your career. So during this time, we had to choose something. And that was the moment that I chose animation. So it came at the same time I got that talk from my mom. What do you want to do? And so at the age of 13, I knew I wanted to be an animator. I knew what school I was going to. I knew about everything that there was to know about that career. And I say more about it in the book, but yeah, I had that all figured out and through the grace of God and just faith and putting one foot in front of the other. Now here we are, but Wow. I don't want to make it sound like it was super easy. There was a lot going on. I know. And I cannot wait because here we are here to unpack all of that. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm reading this book. It's called Mastery by Robert Greene. And he says that one of the ways you can find your passion, your purpose is look back at your childhood. <laughs> right. Because we are the purest. We are in the purest form. We are more mm. consciousness than anything. We haven't received all the programming we have for like the decades we have right. exactly. <laughs> I mean, not that we are so old, but you know what I mean? So that's awesome that you were aligned and you had that conscious awareness since you were a kid and your mom was a huge enabler, right? Seems like. Right. She was it. She was the driving force. And I was kind of like the passenger, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. in my own life until I got, until I became an adult. So wow. with her, she did a great job driving what she knew that my dreams were. Because, yeah, if it wasn't for her, there's no way I'd be where I am today. And, yeah, so as far as clarity, yeah, that's it. And passion and purpose is something I'm very passionate about. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, why not? Let's throw all the passion there. Yeah, it's very serious to me because I've been an animator for the past 12 years. But now my focus is more so on be better than you. Yeah. Building that brand and using this book as a foundation to do even more to serve, right? And empower people uh, across my community and across the world. If I can, if I can get there, you will, right? And it's important because a lot of people, when we talk about passion and purpose and clarity, a lot of people, when they feel like they've been doing something for a long time, that they have to keep doing it. Even if they're successful at it, like whether they're not or whether they are, they feel like they're obligated to continue Mm -hmm. forward. And it doesn't have to be that way. That's not the rule. We don't have to. So When it comes to animation, some people look at me and they're like, why would you want to retire from animation and focus on this brand and this book? And you don't even know anything about this industry and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, because, (laughs) you know, like, first of all, it's like, yeah, sure. I don't have to do it. I'm very comfortable with what I do with animation, but I get paid differently. 
you know, yes. would be better than you. I get paid in gratitude. And I've told people that's a currency that I'm much more interested in. I get paid in fulfillment, I right? Love that. And I empowering love that. other people. It's about sending the elevator back down, right? Mm-hmm. Once you make it to the top, there are people who want to be in my position right now. And some of those people are even older than me and they want to be in position, you know? So it's, it's, it's my job now to serve those people. And this is so what important. I know that my purpose is. So important. I mean, I've been listening to Tony Robbins lately. He was my first personal development speaker ever. And he said, I know, right? I'm like, he's a foundation. I feel that guy just took massive action to levels Mm -hmm. that no one has ever made. He's just like, goes for it. So he said, hey, fulfillment depends on two aspects, growing and giving. You talk a lot about serving, which I think we are here in this world to serve and empower others to be themselves, whoever they are. The how remains flexible, right? But the why always stays the same. I mean, Mm. I feel like the serving is such an element in my life too. I mean, I study engineering. Okay. (laughs) I study engineering. And my first year of working full-time in a corporate company, I was like, this is not it. I was successfully outside achievement wise. I was like six figures supporting my mom financially. I was doing great. And I just felt empty inside. And I was like, this is not it. Forget about it. I mean, it took me nine years until last year. I made the decision to transition fully into being a mindset and clarity coach. And it was a process, the same as you experimenting, right. seeing what connects with me. How can I help right. myself and people? Right. And one of the limiting beliefs I had to let go of, which you mentioned, is my past doesn't define my present and my future. My future I create right now, right? Which is the thing that you touch on. Some people believe because they have spent 10, 3, 20 years doing the same, that they have to keep doing the same. Well, right. how are you going to grow? <laughs> if you can't. You- Right. And that's that's kind of what I said before when we talked about traveling. And I talk about this in depth in the book. We throw these labels on ourselves and we fight for freedom, not realizing we already have freedom. We're already doing everything that we want to do, whether we have the capacity to recognize it or not. You're doing what you want to do. So it's more of a decision making process where you need to kind of reflect on the things that you are doing and ask yourself, is this really what I want to do? Why am I doing it? Right. And then at that point, you can start to reshift. But as far as freedom, it's like we box ourselves. We throw Mm -hmm. these labels on ourselves and we say, oh, I'm this kind of person or I'm that kind of person. Oh, no, I don't believe in that. And and we hold on to it. Right. But us holding on to it, we've kind of taken it as if it's our identity. And this is kind of an analogy. It's like, I don't know if you've heard people say, I don't know if you know of Home Depot or Lowe's or like a certain store. Okay, so there's construction stores here in America. Uh, one's Lowe's, one's Home Depot. And you'll hear people say, oh, I'm more of a Lowe's person or more of a Home Depot person. They only go to Home Depot. So theoretically, they can drive past the Lowe's, like they need something from the construction store. They can drive past this Lowe's and they won't go because they're so headstrong on the Mm -hmm. fact that they're a Home Depot kind of person. So a Lowe's could be right there and they just won't. They'll just keep going and try to find a Home Depot. Bringing it back to reality, this is what I'm talking about. People say like, oh, no, I believe in this. And they hold on to it and they box themselves into that. So when opportunities come along, you can't participate. Yeah, they don't even see it. You don't see see it. it. You don't take advantage of it. It goes right behind you because you're so locked in on what you believe and what you think is right. But what you're really doing is you're, you're stunting yourself. 
Yeah. Right. There's a great quote that I love. I don't know who it's from, but it says most people die at 25 and are yes. buried until they're 75. And this is along the same lines. Right. Because you stop yourself right here. So when opportunities come for you to flourish, for you to grow in your benefit, this is your mm-hmm. benefit. You shut it out and you don't even understand that you're shutting it out because you're so dead set here and you stop yourself there and you continue to get older. And as time evolves, you don't. Right. So time is evolving and we we like to assume that because time evolves, we automatically do, too. But that's not the case. That's not the case. You're here and time is evolving and you're staying right there. So you have to open yourself up. And like I said, freedom is there and we're already doing what we want to do. It's just up to us to open up and be receptive and receive it. I love it. And the other thing, right, we don't have guarantee of time. (laughs) Like literally, you're <laughs> talking and we don't have guarantee of 10 minutes from now, 30 minutes from now, five years from now. So there is a quote, we love quotes, I can see that. There is a quote from Buddha that says, the problem is that we think we have time, right? Mm-hmm. So not really valuing this only moment we have, which is you and I talking just right now. That's it. This is it. This is it. That's it. Isn't that yeah. crazy? And, and it takes time to, right? So I, I have a whole chapter in the book called Be Present, where I talk about the break it down as far as what be present is and that I even had trouble with it. Like I even had trouble with not remembering things that happened in high school. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm a kid, but I just wasn't present. I just kind of going through the motion. And like some of my high school friends are like, oh, you don't remember when we used to do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, I like are you sure I was there? And they're like, yeah, like you were right there. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know I, but the thing about it is it started to bother me. Yeah. Right. It bothered me that people would say that I was into something and I didn't remember that. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. and especially if you feel like that was special to them and then you can't even relive it with them because you don't remember. So this started to actually bother me. So being present, it's a trend. And it's a great trend and it's necessary. And people are trying to preach being present and practice being present, but it's not easy. It does take a level of consciousness and awareness and reflection too, right? Because sometimes it's actually hard to be present if you're not sure are stable in who you are, Yeah. right? Because you're like, well, what's happening here, right? It's hard to be present and stay here, stay in this moment when I'm not comfortable with who I'm in the moment with. And that could easily be yourself. Okay. I I love that. Yeah, it is a thing. So now being present for me is like, I've gotten so good at it where this is my life. Me and you right now having this conversation is the only thing I'm worried about. It's the only thing that I can think of. Right. And this is my focus. I have no idea what's happening around me or in my life right now, besides this moment. Right. I love it. So what kind of practices? I mean, I'm super passionate with this topic. So what kind of practices do you have for those listeners that are like, I want to be more present and I want to tune into my own input (laughs) for the first time in my life? Who knows? Right. So what kind of practices can you recommend? Uh, Well, like I said, in the book, I go through a lot of different things. But one of the things I can give here is that I used, well, I still do, but even more so when I was practicing, right, trying to get better at being present was to look at objects. And just stare at them, right? So just stare at them. It could be your camera, your laptop. It doesn't matter what it is. Just pick something in the room or around you and just be with it and just look at it. Notice all the details, like even on your keyboard, right? Notice all the details on your keyboard. Look at every single key. And like, so if you see the number four and then you see the dollar sign on top of it, like take notice of that. Think about the people who had to make this, design it. Everything that went into just this keyboard on the laptop. 
and really just dive in and immerse yourself into the details of that and who spent their time designing, who created this, like the thought process they had to go through, the planning they had to go through, the engineers thinking about how keyboards work in general. Like your mind could blow just talking about a damn keyboard. It right? is true. Yeah. So when you think about so you now we're talking about a keyboard and how much goes into that. And when you think about life and experiencing life with someone else, especially a loved one, when you can practice being present with that, you talk about fulfillment. It is a power and it is an art because, like I said, you're experiencing something, this energy that's already strong and you have the power and the capacity to absorb all of it. Like I say, your mind can blow just from the keyboard. Imagine having experiences with your mother, having experiences with your husband and being really present in that. I love that. I mean, I was getting excited. You were talking about the keyboard and I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful. And I think it's linked to gratefulness too. Mm. Because when you're in the present moment and you're really appreciating the keyboard or your relationships, like there is just an instant triggering you to be grateful for what oh, you're experiencing yeah. at that moment. Oh my God. Yeah. And it also promotes just looking beyond what you see. Yeah. Right. Because totally. we look at something like a keyboard and we're just like, it's a keyboard. Like, why would I spend so much time thinking about that? Right. But when you actually start to put it, some attention to it, you're like, oh, wow. So now when you start to look at other stuff, it's very easy to be present and it's very easy to absorb details and see further than the eyes and see further than the eyes can see. And this is where you start to get really powerful because one thing I talk about a lot is perception. The power of perception, perception and imagination are the marquees of my life. It's why I am the way that I am, where I am, where I am. So the more that you can be present, the more that you're going to see past what's in front of you. And you can notice all these details and start to really use them to your advantage to Mm. create the world that you desire. I love the concept of perception too. And I always tell my coaching clients, perception is projection. So many times what you perceive, you're projecting from the inside. So I love what you're saying because a lot of those filters are from past experiences. Like this happened to me. So seeing this person means the past and whatever happened to me in the past. But when you're present, it is true. I mean, and that's something that I hadn't thought about before in that perspective, When you're present, you let go of your past perceptions and you focus on what's in front of you. I love that. You focus on what's in front of you. And then the power to that is the next thing you move to. Now you're seeing it a little bit different. Yeah. Because like you say, you have this practice of not letting your past filter into your present. When you're locked in and you're focused on what's happening, let go of all the other preconceived notions that you have. Yeah. And just be here. And then once you're here, you can practice that. Now, when you go there, wherever that is, now you're starting to gain a foresight because you're like, okay, the past, it's good, right? I tell people all the time, it's like, you can visit the past. It's there. It's history. Just like we revisit our history all the time. Totally. We think about our ancestors and we see what we can learn from that. So visiting your past, that's not a bad thing. Use it as a resource, a reference. But the thing with being present is that one thing you can do is create this entire library. Mm-hmm. As long as you're observing and you're taking, you're being receptive and you're trying to understand yeah. what's happening in your present moment. I tell people, I say, I have like this huge library in my head. Right? <laughs> so everything that I observe since I was a kid, I take it, I log it. So now I feel like perception is my unique power. I can flip things very quickly. I process things very quickly and I can see usually what's going to happen before it happens. No, I'm not always right. But 
like I said, I'm very experienced in that capacity and this is why. Right. So like I, so I log all these things in my head and then at that point it's like, okay, well, I've seen this before. Yeah, totally. And so if you're present in the moment, like I said, you're working your way towards an elite level of perception because as long as you're focused and you're not trying to filter what's happened into what's happening, you can take control of what's going to happen. That's right. Yeah. Right. I agree. Totally. So It's very powerful. And like I said, the more you're being present, the more you're going to see other things differently in the future. And then that's where the prediction and the manifestation and all that kind of stuff starts to come into play. And it's all energy and it's very cohesive. So as long as you're making these practices, you have these different waves, you have perception, you have consciousness, awareness, reflection, all this other stuff. And it's all moving towards that life that you want. And that's what manifestation is, manipulating the energy to go where you want it to go. Right. So this Uh, is how you create the life that you want. See, do you understand now when I was telling you that we are very deep? <laughs> we are like perception, yes, manifestation, let's do it. Right, right. So as I've transitioned from my nine years corporate career to entrepreneurship, something that I realized it was so important was faith and trust. Oh, Lord, right? Like faith and trust, which goes also with the manifestation part, because sometimes we get in our own way, because in order to manifest, you just got to trust the process and do the best you can with the resources you have at the moment. Right? Okay. There is no guaranteed outcome, <laughs> really, ever. Well, well, I think you hit it on the head right there. Yeah. There is yeah. no guaranteed outcome. And yeah. if you can make peace with that, you're already in a position of power. Yes, totally. So so that's where faith and trust comes in. It's like, okay, well, I don't know what the end result will be. Okay. But I understand what I want. Yeah. Okay. So if you understand what you want and you're going in the direction that you think you want to go, like I said, there's no guarantee. And this is where fear comes in because people have fear of uncertainty. And this is why they don't make moves, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't know what's on the other side. There is no guaranteed result. Okay. So, so, but my solution to that is just understand what you want. And then you make steps in that direction. And one of the analogies I use, any topic that relates to this is video games, right? Oh my God, tell me about Okay, so yeah, so (laughs) the old school video games. And back in the day, the graphics and stuff like that, they weren't great. So when you would play a video game back in the day, you would have the character in front of the camera and you wouldn't see anything in front of the character. But Every time the character makes a step forward, every time you move towards that background, you don't see anything at first, but every time you move towards it, you'll see other buildings and trees and stuff like that. Other people even start to eliminate from that background the more you walk towards it. Okay. So when it comes to uncertainty and then where you are in life and knowing where you want to go, it's important to keep making steps in that direction because the more you make steps in that direction, the more background's going to illuminate, the more that end result is going to start forming, right? And at that point, you can make a decision of where you want to go from there. So it's not about getting a straight shot path to your destination. You're not going to get that certainty. Mm -hmm. When have you ever gotten that certainty? When you're hungry and you go get food, you don't know necessarily that it's going to come out good. Exactly. Always, right? The only thing certain in this life is death. And that's That's it. it. Other than that, if you can make your peace with that, you're going to be in good shape because now all you have to do is just, like you said, follow your instincts and understand that as you continue to make steps forward, life will illuminate the light around you. And at that point, that's where you're in power because you can say, okay, 
I see what's going on here. I don't like it. I'm going to go this way. And then you start making steps towards that way and say, I like this. I'm going to keep going that way. Oh, here we go again. And it's just going to keep happening. And it's, yeah, a, it's a cycle. And this is what you go through until you die. Until right? you die, my friend. Until that's you die. Right. And that's why learning and getting better, it never stops. And I think that's something that some people struggle with because they're like, when do I get to the top? Well, Bob Proctor said it best. He said, no one ever arrives. Yeah. You don't stop. You no don't. one ever arrives. There is no top. There mm-hmm. is no rule book to this life. So no, you never arrive. Can you gain enough fulfillment to where you're okay? Yeah. To exit this world? Yes. Yes, you can. So at that point, that's your success. But it still doesn't stop. So even once you gain fulfillment, you talk about Tony Robbins and even myself and yourself, we're fulfilled. I'm yes, fulfilled. Be better than you. It's not something we had to do, but it's here because we want to keep going. You never stop doing you that. You never stop. Oh my God. I just because, love it. I yeah. Love it. Fulfillment is actually addicting too, because once you start to receive the level of stuff that you're giving, when you grow and like I said, you give and then you receive, it's a very addicting cycle and you don't want to stop. So when people who haven't experienced that yet, when you tell them like, it never stops, it never stops. They're like, oh God, that sounds exhausting. It's like, well, it's not about some some people tell me, people who know me, they say, oh, you never stop. You're always going, going, going. And I'm like, because I love it because I love it. I can't stop. If you ask me to stop, you're asking me not to be who I am. That's your driving force. That's That's the force. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've never experienced it, it's very hard for you to understand. But it starts with putting that one foot in front of the other, knowing what you want and then just making steps in that direction and trusting your instincts and following it and understand that your vision will get clearer and clearer as you move forward. I love that so much. So knowing the what and the why and the how will remain flexible as you keep walking. You're just learning. You're like, wait, there is a tree here. I need to take right or left, whatever. Hey, listen, the how is up to you. Like you said, the how will remain flexible, Mm -hmm. right? Because it has to be. Because like I said, now you're talking about certainty. And this is when faith and trust comes into play. This is where imagination comes into play. This is where perception comes into play. Because one of the things I say all the time, like I said, perception creates opportunity. Mm -hmm. So when you're in this space and you're making steps towards where you want to go, you can see the same thing differently. So whatever life brings up to you and life's going to smack you in the face, of course, a million times, like it has myself, you know, (laughs) but the more that you can see one thing differently. So when that background does eliminate, if you have an elite level of perception, you don't have to just look at the background and say, oh, this is it like you're filtering your past. What we talked about a lot of things that we've talked about are now coming to fruition here. So it's like, okay, I see that. But if you continue to practice the art of perception, it's like, I see that a million different ways. There's a million ways to skin a cat. There's a million ways to do a lot of different things. And there's a million ways to see different things too. There's a million ways to see the same thing. And you can practice seeing the same thing a million different ways. You're always going to have options. So you're never going to get stuck is my point. You're never going to get stuck. So you're never going to see life and see the results that are in front of you or see the resources that you have in front of you. You're going to learn how to be resourceful and use them to your advantage. Be resourceful, my friends. I love Be resourceful, right? Take what you have and understand how to utilize it. I talk to people all the time. They talk about strengths. People don't want to talk about their weaknesses. And I'm like, no, let's talk about your weaknesses. Let's put them on the forefront and let's figure out how to utilize. Yes utilize your weaknesses. It's okay if that's that. your weakness, but I want you to understand how to utilize it mm-hmm. to your mm-hmm. advantage. Okay. 
Yeah, I love the resourcefulness term because some people think it's lack of time, lack of money, and it's really lack of resourcefulness. I mean, whenever you want something, you're going to figure out the way to get there. You're going to figure it out, right? Whatever that is. I love that you brought up that term. Oh my God, so many good things. I'm so inspired today, my friend. I really appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> and something, as I go through this path and I'm doing new things, like right now I'm launching a digital course next month that last week I did a founding member offer and I was afraid. I'm like, oh my God, this is the first time I do it. It's going to be okay. But I was afraid more of not taking the chance and not knowing what the outcome was going to be if I actually went ahead and did it. That's what... I've realized on myself is that fear of what happens if it works out. If I do it and it works out, and if I don't take that action, I just miss the opportunity I've been waiting for. It's just like crazy how how your mind starts shifting. Yeah, your mind can start shifting really fast. Like I said, that's where perception comes into play too. And there's a couple practices in my book where I talk about that. Because one thing about me is that I'm a loner. I (laughs) I like being alone. And even where I live now, the closest person to me is about an hour and a half away. Oh my God, that's pretty cool. And you are, yeah. you're in California? I'm in California, yeah. But I'm kind of like in the middle of nowhere. But I did that purposely because I operate better when I'm by myself. So the point of me saying that is that I had to adopt, and I've always been this way, and I like being alone. But because of that, I've had to adopt an elite level of perception because if I get to a place where I feel stuck, there's no one here. It's just me. And obviously we can get lost in our minds very quickly. Like you say, your mind, there starts to become a shift and now you're operating in fear instead of faith. And it can happen quickly. It's a very fine line. But once you cross that line, it can be easy to fall down into that tunnel, right? (laughs) It's like a cliff. So it's a very fine line. And then once you cross it just a little bit, it's like, right. And you just go down. So for me, I continuously practice perception. I'm continuously observing, continuously putting that stuff into practice because for me being alone, for me to continue moving forward and continue to have success, I have to be able to see the same thing differently. Yeah. I have to be able to observe my thought process Mm -hmm. a million different ways because I too can get lost in my own thoughts. Right. And I have to have enough awareness. Like I say, let's have a conversation about what's happening here, Shay. And then me and Shay have a conversation, (laughs) right? We have a conversation and we discuss what's happening here because now I'm starting to get confused in my own head. And like I said, it happens to all of us, but the point is having awareness and being able to manage it. So it's not about when you talk about self-development or you talk about progressing as a human being and personal growth and stuff like that. It's not about never experiencing negativity again. It's not about having success all the time or never experiencing fear are never feeling dumb, right? That stuff still happens. It will, what yeah. you want is to learn how to navigate through it, yeah. learn how to move with it, learn how to manage it. That's I love what that so much. For. Yeah, so don't be that hard on yourself because the challenges are gonna become your growth opportunities. Right, <laughs> it is. Really it are. is. Yeah. So, okay, tell us about your book. What was the inspiration for you to take on such a big project? And now it has become your brand and it's such an inspiring one. I mean, I love your website. I love your message. It's just very cohesive. Mm. So tell us about that came together. I'm like, whenever I write a book, I'm going to reach out to my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's pretty interesting because I never actually set out to write a book. So this was not like a dream of mine or anything like that. It kind of just happened. 
And how that started was my mom, she planted the seed in my head. So one day we were having a conversation and we were just talking about someone. We were on the phone and we're just kind of going at it like we always do, just gossiping. And we were kind of honing in on one person. And I was just telling my mom like, oh, they should do this. They're not thinking this way. They're not considering this and pretty much unpacking and resolving whatever their situation was. And I was just going on and on and on ever so passionately. And I was just like, you know what? Jokingly, I was like, I should just write a book. Like, good grief. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, just kind of being like super cocky. And so I was like, I should just write a book because I know what they need to do. Right. And so it was a joke. And she just got super quiet after I said that. So I'm like, oh, I should just write a book. Ha ha ha. Right. And nothing. And it was just a moment of silence. And she was just like, my mom, she's a very religious, spiritual person. I can feel it. I can feel it. Your right. mom is just very in tune with Oh everything. my God. Yeah. She is. And she got quiet and she said, oh, that's the Lord getting ready to use you. Oh my God. Wait, my skin. Gets yeah. Cold. Well, that's exactly what happened with me. Because I'm like, what? That's the Lord getting ready to use you. Like, that sounds very scary, you know? <laughs> like, I, I mean, that's what you want, right? You know, the Lord is using me at this point because I never actually thought about writing a book. It's just something yeah. that I blurted out as a joke. Yeah. But because of her reaction to it, I never still had a goal to write a book. But because of her reaction was so piercing, it was always kind of etched in my mind at that point. So once I moved to New York a couple of years after that, And we were having some downtime at the animation studio that I was at at the time. And because we had so much downtime, I started to think like, maybe I can put this into practice. Love. I've always been the kind of person that people come to for advice. Just yeah. My personal life, my career, people come to me because they know that I'm going to spin whatever problem they uh -huh. have. That's always just been the case. So I knew I had something to share. And when I had this downtime, I was like, oh, this is a time for me to try it out. And I did. So I started writing down like little thoughts that I had and trying to break down what it is that I do, because to that point, it was just natural. I didn't have a method to my madness that I could write down and help somebody achieve the same thing. Yeah. So I had to study myself intensively and I would write down these thoughts and then I would interrogate those thoughts. I'm like, why do you feel that way? At what point did you start to feel that way? What did you learn from there to make you feel this way now. Just taking one thought at a time and asking myself, do you agree with it? Is that it? What would someone have to know to agree with this thought here? What would someone have to know? What would they have to have gone through to achieve this mindset that you have on this particular subject? Wow, right? I love and, that question. Yeah, and yeah. this is what I went through to decide what I'm going to write, how I'm going to write it, mm -hmm. and the strategy or the structure of how the book is going to go. There was a lot of thought. So it took three and a half years uh, wow. to actually write this book. And I didn't know anything about writing. I had to learn how to write. I had to explore writing in general because I didn't read. I didn't write. Those weren't my hobbies. So, yes. And I took it all very seriously. And even the design of the book, everything. It's was beautiful. I just love it. There, everything there is, was very strategic. Yes. There is a powerful simplicity to it that it makes the individual shine, be better than you. That's what the book portrays, even with the brand. It's like, <laughs> that's, right? Like right. simplicity sometimes is the hardest thing to achieve and carry the message across. 
and I feel your brand and your book they just do that that's awesome awesome <laughs> yeah yeah, seriously. yeah we spent a lot of time like I said just making sure everything had meaning and I'm a storyteller so obviously everything have a story behind it so even my designer she knows that we can't just do stuff. So she, when, <laughs> I I, when we that. first started working together, she would, you know, give me some mock-ups and stuff like that. And I would ask her, why'd you do that? It's not necessarily that she's in trouble, but I want to know your thought you process know. behind it. Because yeah. if you don't have a thought process behind what you've done, it's out. It's trash. There's no presence. It's yeah, trash, it's, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. we're here to create meaning. So yeah, so even that process of her getting to know me was probably kind of extensive because she was like, good grief, <laughs> you know, but she mastered it and she helped me execute the brand, the design and everything like that. So it's very meaningful. And we spent a lot of time and effort with the story, the messages, the design, and even our Instagram, everything that I'm a part of has to have a story behind it. I love the meaning part. Did you self-publish? And this is just like a question that I'm always curious about when people write books. Did you self-publish or did you get a publisher? How did that work? No, no, no. I did the whole process myself. Wow, that's yeah. amazing, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you learned yeah. everything. I learned wow. everything. Someone asked me recently that I write the book by myself, and I was like, what other way is there? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that I don't know that there is ghostwriting and other things. I do know that, but it's kind of like, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> you know, like, have we met kind of thing? It's like, what other way would Shay Stone write the book? Like, how would that? You know, <laughs> yeah, it would be weird to put your name and then someone else wrote it. Right, it's yeah, but it happened. It yeah, happened. it happened. Uh, a lot of so, people uh, do it that way. Yeah, so it's not a weird question, but no, I did the entire process by myself. And it was important. That's amazing. I admire you so much for just figuring it out and just do it with meaning, with serving, with that intention, because... Hey, it has come a long way. And I know you'll right. be globally. I know that's your vision. And, <laughs> I mean, anything I can do to support, I'm here. I just love what you're doing. Thank you. What is your vision? What is your vision of Shay five years from now? Like, who is Shay being? <laughs> I know it's a big question, though. Yeah. Five, who would Shay be five years from now? It's yeah. Tough. Like, what yeah. do you envision? What do you dream of? I said, as far as who I would be, who knows? But hopefully, just the five-year better version of who I am now, but <laughs> I do hope to reach as many people as I can, right? So my that. passion and my purpose is to serve. Writing this book, it wasn't something I can run away from. Starting to be better than you, I couldn't run away from it. And I had every reason to do so, right? I had every reason to run away from it and for that reason to be justified. And I couldn't. So for me, I know this is my way to serve God. And by serving those around me and empowering those around me, like I said, sending the elevator back down. And hopefully I can do that and get a reach as wide as I can to help young people, to help people of all ages, to be honest with you. To start, my audience was young adults to kind of help young adults jumpstart their life and help them these decades that I've lived, you help them not take so many decades to go through that, help help them save themselves the agony, save themselves certain experiences or failures or mental crisis, save them a lot of that. And like, just kind of turn those decades into a year, right? Or days or weeks or months or yeah. anything like that. So where they them. like just literally jumpstart in mm-hmm. uh, canon. But now that the book is out, knowing that what's in the book, knowing the impact that we've had on certain people and stuff like that. And one person reached out to me from China. 
Oh my, see, you're a global girl. That was insane. Yeah, my team got an email, this woman from China, she says she's been following me on Instagram and she wants an autographed copy of my book and she wants to pay for it. And she says she's been following me and she loves what I do. And stuff like that is the drive to just keep going. So what we're doing now with Be Better Than You is pretty much, like I said, using this book as a foundation to blossom. I can't go into the things that we have going on because It's going to be great, but it's extensive. And yeah, so my hope in five years from now is to reach as many people as I can and just continue to do that and continue to put resources out there that come directly from me. I'm not about just generic surface level material. You can't find what I do online. You're not going to find the process that I go through, the resources that I have, the resource that I am. This is not surface level stuff. So it's very extensive. So hopefully five years from now, a lot of the things that we're working on that we're planning to do as a team right now will come to fruition and people can absorb it and immerse themselves in they it. They will. Like I said, just become like a hub. Be better than you can become a hub for intellectuals, right? And Oh my uh, God, yes. I'll be there. Empowering each friend. other, right? <laughs> I am definitely the intellectual type. Like I strive for depth, deep conversations. Like I want right. to know the person, the individual. So I love that you're creating that movement. Where can they find the book? Where can they find you? Just tell us everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you can find the book at bebetterthanyou.com. And if you're interested in anything else, everything's on there. Coaching, merchandise, like and in the book, obviously. And if you want to find me and connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at shaystone.s. Perfection, my friend. I had so much fun just yeah, doing this interview. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like inspired for the whole week, the whole month. I'm just so happy we connected because we have a similar mission. And again, yes. anything I can do to help, I'm here because we are serving the same people. So why not, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And same here. I appreciate it. Thank you again. Thank you conclude, so much. Thank you again. I really appreciate you, Shay. And I hope to have you again in the near future. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's run it back. <laughs> Let's do awesome. it. Thank you to our thank all you. of our listeners. Follow Shay on Instagram. Go to bebetterthanyou.com. Get her book. I'm going to get it right after this interview. I'm so excited <laughs> to read it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much, everyone. Thank you, Shay. Awesome. See ya. Thank you so much for listening at With Clarity and Purpose. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Sharing is caring. Please share with your friends and family so we can continue building an empowered community together. I'll see you next week.